0: Hi, I'm Lindsay Tauber of Help Around, and I'm happy to welcome you to a Specialty Patient Podcast with your host, Ishai Noble. Each episode is crafted to bring you new insights into the specialty drug ecosystem. Our guests share HelpAround's passion for improving the patient experience and making specialty patients' lives easier. I hope you enjoy listening to this session. And we are back with Help Around Specialty Patient Podcast. Uh, and today we have with us Philip McCreary. Uh, and I'm pretty excited about uh, what Philip is doing. He's Director of Medication Access p- Programs at Vanderbilt University Medical Center. And oh, what Philip does is actually quite incredible and directly attaches to our mission at Help Around of helping relieve the burden from uh, patients. Philip, welcome to our podcast. First of all,
1: yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your work and what brought you to do this kind of work.
1: So uh, basically, at Vanderbilt, we have an internal charity program called the Medication Access Program, and we work with patients and with the providers to try to uh, make sure patients have access to the medications they need. And our program is based on income, uh, so. Specifically for the medication access program itself, if your income is less than 250% of the federal poverty level, then we at Vanderbilt will cover your copays, or if you're uninsured, we will cover the drug for you. Uh, but first, what our team does is for anyone, we're going to look for uh, assistance from manufacturer programs, either free drug or copay card programs. Or um, if that doesn't work, we look for foundation assistance and grants that are out there. And then if that doesn't work, then we are the last resort, so, so to speak. So.
0: And what was the uh, the impetus to put together uh, these this programs in the first place? Is it pretty common for medical centers to have programs like yours?
1: As far as our specific type of program, we are helping with all drugs, not just specialty, not just infused drugs, but any outpatient drug. I find that it's very rare. Um, most program, Most medical centers, do have something with infused drugs or the high cost, like specialty items, but it does seem rare to have a program that covers everything. And what we saw was was that, you know, in any given day, over 80 prescriptions were being abandoned or uh, at least patients were saying, I can't afford this, and we were having to find, find a way to pay for it. So we, to streamline that process, developed our program and set up policies and procedures with that, so...
0: Got it. That's pretty pretty impressive. Uh, First of all, congratulations on uh, having uh, such an inspiring job. How do centers around the country uh, deal with uh, these types of situations, you know, when patients are unable to afford their medications? um, You know, and at the end of the day, that's a lot of legwork on your part to help do this kind of navigation. What are some of the standard ways that uh, medical centers do it around the country?
1: I feel like for most medical centers, it's sort of a... Uh, hodgepodge, like you've got some, um, some that are better than others, of course, but I would say it just depends on if they have time to deal with the patients that they have. Um, If they're willing, they're going to, you know, reach out to the manufacturer or help the patient fill out some the PEP paperwork for free drug and send it in for the patient or, but, uh, you know, if they don't have time, they might just give the patient a website and say, I'm sorry, but if you go here, you can download a form and fill it out and send it in and, you know, let us know if you get approved, then we'll help you get it administered. Um, you know, the better programs, you know, more like ours, of course, you're going to have a higher touch program. That's going to be with the patient from start to finish and make sure they get the drug one way uh, or another, so to speak.
0: Got it. Got it. So you you are getting firsthand exposure to a lot of the systems that are in place, and you have to fight some of them, quote unquote. Uh, can you describe some of the systems that uh, you know your team kind of runs in between? Um, and if we were to streamline the patient experience uh, to bring out the best outcomes, what would you what would you do? How would you connect those systems?
1: Uh, let's see some of the systems. I mean. The biggest system barriers, the biggest barriers, I guess, are thrown up by PBMs. Either that's going to be a, a PA that's required, or step therapy, or a high deductible, or you know, a unreasonable copay tier system, or something like that that we have to fight for the patient. Um, and let's see. As far as other programs with manufacturers and things like that, the main barriers, just paperwork are filling out things for the patients, helping them understand the programs, uh, providing with the programs with financial information on behalf of the patient, whether it's a, you know, 1040 from the, or a 1099, something like that. As far as how we can do it better, I mean, I think transparency is the best between everyone involved if you know the patient ideally the patient wouldn't have to go hunting for assistance if assistance was available from the manufacturer so to speak it would automatically be applied at the point of sale and they wouldn't have to go look for it Um, and
0: the point of sale is the pharmacy yes so so in in that case you know if, if if we're thinking about the pharmacist role, um, how do you think pharmacies who are you know pharmacists who are listening to us now, uh, how can they make life a little easier? Um, and also, how do like how do you perceive how patients are handled by your team versus Hub a pharmaceutical hub versus a pharmacy? What are some of the key differences that you see there? Uh, and what can different channels learn from each other?
1: So um, as far as I'll start with those key differences, I mean, hubs are great as for those facilities that don't have the, the manpower or the time to help patients. You know, you can sort of, you know, give the patient to the hub and they walk them through the experience. But as far as us, since we have our own specialty pharmacy in the medical center and um several specialty clinics with pharmacists and technicians embedded in the clinics it's just a much more personal experience because this patient gets to see the pharmacist face-to-face or the technician they know them they trust them and you know we can have the patient right there with us when we're running a test claim on insurance to see what their copay is going to be we can you know get their gut reaction to know you know are they going to be able to afford this or not and then go from there to try to help them find assistance Whereas the the hub, I mean, they're doing their best, but they don't have that personal relationship with the patient. Um, as far as um, a pharmacy that, you know, maybe it, you know, a big box pharmacy, so to speak, that's filling the drug for the patient. They may have that personal experience, but they they don't have that clinic experience Um you know, the continuity of care, so to speak, with the patient, they're just filling the patient's prescriptions, So maybe a little harder to contact the patient than it would be for us. So uh, those are some of the differences there.
0: So if you had to marry all these advantages uh, uh, under one roof, what components would you take from each one? How would would you create this this merger of uh, organization that does everything?
1: So, I mean... In a way, Vanderbilt has done that because we have it's not in one building, so to speak, but it's on one campus. We have a pharmacy and then we have the clinics and infusion centers, you know, all in our system. So um, just to communicate as much as possible between all those parties involved, I think, would be the, the best thing. Um, I, it helps to have a common medical record for the, you know, the pharmacy and the patient. We both have access. I mean, the the clinic and the pharmacy, we have access to the same medical records. So we can see diagnosis codes if we need them. We can see documentation in the chart if that's needed and just, you know, submit it. Whereas an outside pharmacy is going to have to contact the provider and get that faxed in on their behalf and things. So it slows things down.
0: So you're saying access to medical record to a single medical record and and the ability to kind of communicate within the system. And of course, you know, uh, sadly are many, many, many different systems and different point solutions that are deployed for different organizations. Uh, so you guys are definitely, it's, it's interesting. I think if, you know, if we could all be, uh, if the country was one Vanderbilt uh, and there was a one medical system and uh, inter- interoperability between the organizations, then life would be easier for everyone, given our situation and, you know, that connectivity, I think that you mentioned is really a key point of how to connect, how to create connectivity between uh the different uh organizations. Now, speaking of of connectivity, how do patients find out about these programs? Uh, is this is this over the phone? Is this in person? Is it different between specialty and retail patients? Uh tell us a little bit about the patient experience. Um
1: I would say for our specialty patients, they're usually going to find out about it. Uh, any programs from our pharmacist in the clinic. So the pharmacist is going to be speaking to each patient, and they're going to let them know if there are manufacturer programs out there up front. If it looks like the patient's going to have a hard time affording the medication, they're going to let them know about our, you know any foundation programs that's out there, and and or their, our internal program. As far as other patients outside of specialty, we you know it's probably going to be a social worker or a case manager. If it's somebody who's discharging from the hospital on a new medication, that's going to, you know, present them with these new medications. And if the patient says, you know, I, I don't know if I can afford that or I don't have insurance then the social worker is going to put them in touch with us. And then we're going to go over the, the options. So.
0: And how do you know that uh, you've re- maximized the patient benefit?
1: Um, basically, when we've left no stone uh, unturned, I guess is no way to say it. Uh, we've looked everywhere we can look and uh, we've looked at manufacturer copay card programs trial cards if there's samples that we can use in the meantime if there's free drug from the manufacturer um, if there's a foundation assistance out there and then you know if that all doesn't work if we can help them internally and at the end of the day if we've done all those things then, um, oh, I would also throw in government assistance for those patients that might qualify for low income subsidy if they're a Medicare Part D patient. So, yeah, if we looked at all those aspects, I feel like we've, we've done our best. So.
0: And is that, do you guys have like a database that you have developed uh, around different therapies, or would you say that it's putting it together uh, almost for every patient individually?
1: Um, it's pretty individual for every patient, but we do keep track of our patients in a database. So, uh, if we, I you know, have a patient who maybe we had in the system five years ago and they come back, we can you know, sort of see their situation and they've used in the past as far as drugs are concerned or the, what they may be familiar with and things like that.
0: Got it. That's, that, that's a lot of legwork. Uh, so wh- one question that um, you know, a lot of us in the industry, we talk about brown and white bagging for buy and build drugs, and it's definitely been making the news, but, but you mentioned something called clear bagging at Vanderbilt. Well, what does that mean? Uh,
1: yeah, so uh, we may have coined that term, but um, so clear bagging to us. So, of course, brown bagging is when, you know, the patient has to get the drug at the pharmacy, bring it into the clinic for them to administer it. The patient brings it in themselves. So, um, and then white bagging is when the patient has to get their specialty pharmacy to fill the drug and they ship it to the clinic. And then the, they go to the clinic to get it administered. So at Vanderbilt, since we have our own specialty pharmacy, so this will be possible in any health system that has their own specialty pharmacy. If at all possible, we are going to fill that drug for the patient um, at our pharmacy. And then we will, you know, courier it over like internally or we will walk it over to the clinic ourselves, hand it off to the clinic, and then they'll administer it to the patient. So it never leaves our uh, chain of custody. So we have it from beginning to end. So we don't have to worry about, you know, what kind of storage conditions it's been in or, you know, any delays, it just really streamlines things.
0: So. Got it. Well, then I think there are some, you know, some uh, additional creative uh, names that can, uh, that you can use this uh, and kind of from the world of retail and food ordering. And, you know, it's almost <laughs> like uh, pick up pickup um, or, or, you know, walk up. Uh, ordering it's order table basically or table yeah. um yeah so open table open table for uh, specialty drugs um <laughs> so how, how would you say could Vanderbilt's program be improved for specialty patients
1: I mean we're always looking to improve our program and you know currently we have um, several we have a pharmacist and a technician embedded in nearly all of our specialty clinics and they provide like I was saying personal face-to-face service to all the patients and You know, it's we're far from perfect, but currently there there aren't any glaring needs for improvement at Vanderbilt. Um, It'd be hard to, you know, hard to say.
0: All right. Well, that's uh, that just means internally what we can do. (laughs) Well, if there is any uh, technology that you could adopt tomorrow, something that you're using today you know, out there in retail, and you would say, you know what, I wish we could do something like this, uh, you know, what would that be?
1: You mean something that I know currently exists?
0: <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs>
1: so if, it's, so, if, it's, if it's something I can just dream up, just you know, dream it up. if it doesn't have to currently exist, I would say, I would say a database where you could, you know, put in the drug name and um, the patient's insurance and it's gonna tell you any way you can help the patient, whether that's, you know, gonna be foundations or copay cards or, you know. I know there's some similar programs out there, I think, uh, administered by by certain companies, but I'm not for sure there's anything that will get everything, of course. We're all human,
0: Right, and it's also, and it's always a moving target as well, right? Just continuously changes. Awesome, great. Um, so, any uh, anything you would uh, want to, you know, kind of tell, or or any advice you can give other health systems uh, around the country, or other hubs or pharmacies, what can they, what should would they learn from uh, what you guys have done? How can they do a better job for their patients?
1: I guess, I mean, just making it as easy as possible in the patient. Uh, the fewer steps they've got to do to get something done, the better it's going to be. The fewer times they have to pick up the phone, the, the better the process is going to be for them. So, and yeah,
0: here here to that. Well, Philip, this, uh, this was great. I mean, first of all, again, congratulations on, uh, on all the work that you guys are doing and helping patients. Uh, really appreciate, uh, you coming, uh, to our podcast today and kind of sharing some of your, uh, lessons learned. What are some of the best ways to reach out to you for our audience? Uh, are you on, uh, on LinkedIn or any other preferred
1: platforms to reach out to? Thank you. But, you know, I'm just a small part of the, the huge system. So uh, many people came before me. <laughs> I just was lucky enough to step into the role. Um, as far as contact, yeah, I'm out there on LinkedIn. Um, you can reach out by email as well. It's philip.mccreary at org. And uh, that's P-H-I-L-L-I-P dot M-C-C-R-E-A-R-Y at V-U-M-C dot org. Uh, if anybody has any, you know, questions or they want to, you know, chat or, you know, collaborate.
0: Excellent. All right. Well, Philip, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yep. And uh, congratulations again. No, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Specialty Patient Podcast. Follow us for even more episodes on any of your preferred podcast streaming services, including Apple and Spotify. If you have a suggestion for a topic or a guest, please send an email to lindsay at helparound.co. And for more information on HelpAround, Around, visit helparound.co.